Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome back. It is Wednesday, August 31st, the last day of August 2022 at 7 a.m. here in Spotswood, and the sun is just coming over the Blue Ridge, and there's a little touch of coolness in the air. I am ready to start listening to It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown soundtrack. I know Isabella is, too, and she's just walking in the next room she's waving but you can't see her nevertheless it's her homeschool co-op day and i know she's excited too but i'm happy to be with you all this morning i hope that this devotional finds you doing very well also last advertisement i promise because tonight is the last night of special services if you are local we would love to have you um reverend lee shall not uh, who is the the leader of Barnabas Ministry, a ministry that trains pastors in Uganda, or excuse me, Rwanda. Um, and they actually don't call it Rwanda. It's not like a separate syllable. It's more like Rwanda. But nevertheless, he trains pastors there in Pakistan. Also, uh, he is a fabulous speaker. I mean, just really a wonderful dynamic speaker. Did an excellent job for us last night. Um, tonight, we'll be speaking again at Old Providence at 7 p.m. After that, we will be having our ice cream social together. And don't think about your typical ice cream social. That would be a mistake um, to, to do that. This one is fabulous. So anyway, that's tonight, Old Providence at 7 p.m. If you need directions or whatever, um, feel free to reach out and, and I'll do my best to, to help you get there. Now, um, let's get to it. Uh, picking up where we left off yesterday. Where did we leave off? Well, where we left off was with some interesting words, an interesting interchange between Jesus and the Pharisees, right? So our main focus was focusing on real discipleship. You know, we got this thing going on in the world, and we talked about it yesterday, of course, but we got this thing going on where people identify as all sorts of different things, right? They they take up all these different causes, and they say, well, oh, well, I believe in fill in the blank, but I reject fill in the blank over here. And what you find out is that a lot of that is really nominal, right? There's not real commitment. It, it, it's Sometimes people will, uh, will, will throw their hat in a certain ring. However, these things always disappoint. They never lead to fulfillment, right? And, and they also certainly never fix the world's problems. That's why there's something new all the time for people to latch on to. Jesus, however, um, really just lays down the gauntlet, as we saw in verse 31 yesterday. Um, the day before that, we ended by hearing that many Jews did believe. And he said in verse 31, to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. That's really what we focused on yesterday, what Jesus is talking about here and how knowing the truth is not just some random thing. Remember, I tell you all the time, beware bumper sticker theology, right? People have misapplied this verse and misinterpreted this verse. You know what knowing the truth comes down to? Knowing the truth comes down to obedience, right? That's what Jesus says will make you know the truth, obeying his teachings, following what he has told you to do. And doesn't that make sense? Jesus isn't truthful, he is the truth. Remember, I am the way. I am the truth. Not just some truth, not just some random truth floating out there. He is truth itself. 
So if you want to know truth, you got to know Jesus. Ever wonder why the world has fallen for so many lies? You ever hear about things and you just, you know, I don't have any hair to pull out, but if I did, I probably would because you see this stuff and you say, how can people be such fools? They don't know the truth because Jesus is the truth. And then, of course, we finished with, uh, finished with what I consider probably my favorite verse in the New Testament, where Jesus alludes to the fact that if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. We talked about slavery to sin. Now, we're going to pick up in verse 31 again today because I, I just kind of glazed over something yesterday. And we don't need to just skip this because the real core issue, a real core issue, um, is really exposed as far as what's going on with the Jews. Let's pray and we'll dig into that. Father, we thank you for this time that you've given to us and we pray that you would bless us and guide us in it. Help us to see the truth, see your son. And as a result of seeing your son, we pray that our hearts would be changed, that our priorities would be changed, that you would work in our hearts and minds. And we give you all the praise and honor and glory. So now as we come to your word, guide us by your spirit. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so picking up where we left off yesterday, or kind of where we started yesterday, um, you have Jesus addressing this group of Jews that actually put their faith in him. And what we're going to see is a core issue as to what's really going on with those Jews that rejected Jesus. You know, it's easy for us to pick up God's word, right, and read about different narratives, Go back and read about the Israelites and say, what is wrong with those people? Do they not have good sense? I mean, goodness, aren't you going to take a hint? You know, we can mock people in the Bible. We can do that with the Jews here. We can say, didn't they see that this was Jesus? How could they be so clouded? Well, we find out one of the reasons right now. We ought to take it easy on the Jews because what they're guilty of, we can be just as guilty of as what they were guilty of, okay? Now, what was it? What was one of the contributing factors to their just missing who Jesus was? Again, John 8, 31. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him. Right, so they, they, as you're going to hear, they caught on to this business of, of, of freedom. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set? Realize the language that they're using here. When they say, we have never been slaves of anyone, they're not just talking about themselves. They are talking about their people as a whole, right? Anybody see any problem with this statement? We're Abraham's descendants, and we've never been slaves of anyone. What's going on with that? Can you think of maybe a time that Israel was, oh, I don't know, slaves? They seem to discount that. You know, why they formulated this statement, I don't know. It, there was a lot of very pro-Israel thought, right? They hated Rome. They didn't want to admit that they were subservient to Rome. I think that's part of what's going on. The fact is, is that politically speaking, they were slaves at this point. I mean, they were. They were under the rule of the Roman Empire. They were under Rome's 
thumb, okay? Um, Caesar had come through, remember when Jesus was born, and commanded that all male babies be killed, right? How is that any different than Pharaoh the last time they were in slavery? Hmm? And forget about just being in slavery in Egypt. What about the book of Judges? What about all of these accounts over and over again where the people were subjected to, to living like cavemen because they were so oppressed? Have they forgotten all of that? Yeah. Yeah. But it's not the typical forgetfulness that you and I might think of. This is not an issue of where they literally cannot call to mind any of the occurrences of the past. No. This is a willful forgetfulness, And that's a major problem, y'all. And it's that willful, willful forgetfulness that really leads us to start to understand why they rejected Jesus so soundly. Y'all, for the Jews to forget, for them to turn a blind eye to the slavery of their past and their current state of slavery betrays a great sin on their part as a people. You know, when the Jews were delivered from slavery in Egypt, they were given instructions, right? They were given the law, all of these things, but they were given one overarching command, one overarching command that they were always to follow. And they missed it. They lost it. If you take your Bibles and turn to Deuteronomy chapter 6, just, just listen here, all right? Deuteronomy chapter 6, beginning in verse 1, feel free to turn there. It says, these are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess. By the way, this is Moses talking to the people. Verse 2, it says, these are the decrees that you're to follow. Verse 2, so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you, and so that you may enjoy long life. Now, what that's hinted at here is that what Moses is about to say on God's behalf, speaking as the prophet of God, what he's about to say, if they remember it, right? if they follow it, and they will have long life. They'll fear the Lord their God. By default, that means if they couldn't care less about it, well, they won't fear the Lord. They'll miss the Lord as they would miss the Messiah. Verse 3, hear, O Israel, and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your fathers, promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your children, or to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the, the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. All right. So he's talking about the commands, the decrees. He's talking about the fact that the Lord, their God, the Lord is one. But listen, listen closely. This overarching command that they're given here, that they clearly lost. Continues in verse 10. It says, when the Lord, your God, brings you into the land, he swore to your fathers to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give you a land with large, flourishing cities you did not build, 
Houses filled with all kinds of good things you did not provide. Wells you did not dig. And vineyards and olive groves you did not plant. Then, when you eat and are satisfied, be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. It's that command. Be careful not to forget the Lord who brought you out of slavery. Fast forward over a thousand years to John chapter 8. And what do we hear them say? We're Abraham's descendants. And we've never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? If you're wondering what's going on with the Jews here in Jesus's time, if you're wondering how they could miss all of these miraculous signs, they forgot what the Lord had done. They forgot to fear the Lord. Instead of doing what he just wrote in, or what was just revealed in Deuteronomy chapter 6, they became legalists. They would literally write down portions of the law and put it in a little box on their forehead. Do you think that's what God was really talking about through Moses there? Come on, y'all. No, instead, you have a group of people that look at the outside, not the inside. A group of the people that look at the details and not the heart. That's why they miss Jesus. They were blind. They had no memory of what the Lord had done for them. So why should they continue to need the Lord to do anything except grant their political desires? My friends, I mentioned sometimes some of the saddest verses in, in the scriptures. I mentioned from Judges 21, in those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Oh, it's heartbreaking. But perhaps equally heartbreaking is Judges 8.33, where it shows the heart of the people. Jesus continued from there in verse 34, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know you are Abraham's descendants. Yet you are ready to kill me because you have no room for my word. That too is one of the saddest verses. Abraham himself, of all of his characteristics that, that we should remember, of all of his works, the most important is that he believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Abraham didn't work his way to God. God worked his way to Abraham. Abraham's is not a story of perseverance and self-reliance. No, Abraham's is a story of taking God at his word. And here they are looking at the living word. There's no room for him. They couldn't care less. Verse 38. I'm telling you what I've seen in the father's presence, and you do what you have heard from your father. Abraham is our father, they answered. And then bringing the horse around the barn to the real meaning of discipleship, namely, as a disciple of Christ, being a disciple means following his teachings. Jesus says, if you were Abraham's children, then you would do the things Abraham did. As it is, you are determined to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. 
Abraham did not do such things. You are doing the things your own father does. We are not illegitimate children, they protested. The only father we have is God himself. Now, where we pick up tomorrow, Jesus is going to address them. Spoiler alert, their father is the devil. That's who their father is. Because they only want to do the devil's will, not God's will. The question for us today, the application, and with this I'm done, what does this have to do with us? What can we take away from this? First and foremost, we need to take away that we need to recognize Jesus for who he is, that he won't be put in some box, mm -hmm. that he won't just be relegated to a little portion of our lives. He is God the Son. He is the living truth. And if you reject the light of the world, without him, you'll walk in darkness. He's the bread of life. Without him, you'll starve. That's number one. But number two, the call to remember. Remember. Remember what the Lord has done for you. Recognize where the Lord has brought you. Look, look at what he's done in your life. Look at Jesus Christ and the fact that he sent his one and only son to die for you so that you can have a relationship with him and be with him forever. Remember these things. Because when you forget... That's when you start looking a whole lot like these Jews. That's when you start doing the things Satan wants you to do, not the things God wants you to do. So remember, this Wednesday, August 31st, 2022 and beyond. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, for its clear calling. We thank you for stories like this that show us what's going on and for the fact that your son didn't just obliterate earth and dealing with this nonsense, but instead he stayed the course. He, he committed to offering himself up, and we're the beneficiaries of this. So please work in our hearts that we would remember, and we pray it all in Christ's name. Amen. Well, I'd like to thank you all for being a part of this time. Lord willing, we will be back tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. I see Alice and Monica. Good morning. And there's Rose and Becky and Becky. Good morning to you all. And those that aren't commenting, if you're here and you're local, 7 p.m. tonight at Old Providence. Until then, have a great Wednesday.